Hello, welcome back to another episode of Pastor Vic's Nuggets of Truth. Today we're going to be taking a look at the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000, which is found in John, Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. Before we do that, let me uh, just say that uh, I'm so thankful for all of the uh, you folks out there that have been downloading my material and been watching my videos, listening to my podcasts. And I want to remind you that everything you find is free and available for you to edit and use in your own, uh, in your own life, in your own uh, ministry, whatever the case may be. So again, just go to PastorVic.com. PastorVic.com. Today we'll be looking at the fourth miracle that Jesus performed in the Gospel of John. In each miraculous event, Jesus went from small groups to ever larger and larger groups of people. Remember, the first miracle was at a family wedding in Cana, where Jesus turned the water into wine. This sign was at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And it's probably an important message for each of us who are called to serve the Lord. The, the message is that our ministry starts in the family. This is the proving ground where some of the most difficult lessons of life are learned. From there, Jesus performed uh, a miracle for the centurion whose son was dying uh, and brought him back to life. And then there was the disabled man who has been, had been disabled for 38 years at the crowded pool of Bethesda who was healed in an instant. The next miracle is often referred to as the feeding of the 5,000. After performing the mentioned signs and wonders, uh, Jesus had many people following after him. The multitudes were hungry for more signs, wonders, and profound sayings of Jesus. They were so hungry that they traveled great distances and even crossed the Sea of Galilee to see and hear him. And the question that you have to ask yourself is, why were they following Jesus? Well, some of them thought that Jesus would solve all of their problems. Isn't that a typical Christian attitude? Some thought he was the deliverer of Israel, as King David was in his day. Some were just, they were just thrill seekers. They were just looking for an exciting time. Then there were those who were drawn to his message of hope, healing, and wholeness. The lesson we learn here is that people are no different today. Everyone is seeking something. Hope, healing, and wholeness. And Jesus, through us, can provide all of those things. Now, beginning in John chapter 6, verse 4, the scriptures say, Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming towards him. He said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now listen to this. But this he said to test him, test Philip, for he already knew himself what he would do. Philip answered him and said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. Now, there are two points I would like to make here. Number one, Philip failed the test. Jesus is not afraid to test our faith. The testing of our faith is how we grow in maturity in Christ. In James 1, it says, beginning in verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let your patience have its perfect work, 
that you may be perfect or complete and lacking nothing. You see, the testing of our faith is literally how we learn who we really are truly trusting in. I remember an expression that I heard long ago about faith, and that is, we are legends in our own mind. And what this means is that in our minds, we are mighty people of God. We are are faith walkers. We're always doing the right things. We're overcoming the greatest challenges. However, it's not in our mind that life is lived. It's in the everyday ups and downs of life that our Christianity is worked out. Being a Christian is all about who you trust. If you trust in your own strength, then you can only go as far as your strength will endure. If you trust in your own intellect, then you can only go as far as your intellect can take you. However, if you trust in Jesus, there are no limits and nothing is impossible. So doesn't it make a lot of sense to learn how to put our faith in Jesus in our everyday life? Uh, and, and, and in everyday life, this is how our faith is proven. Jesus wanted to show Philip and the other disciples who, were, who, who, who they were trusting in. See, Jesus already knows the answer. He knows the beginning and the end. He knows the motives and the intents of our heart. But sometimes we need to to have that revealed to us by trials and situations we find ourselves in. He needed to show his disciples what was really in their hearts. In this case, Philip failed the test. He forgot the message in Matthew chapter 6 that he heard when Jesus said, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first, there's the key, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that you worry about shall be added to you. Instead of trusting in Jesus, Philip trusted in his own understanding of the circumstances. Jesus and the disciples had 200 denarii. Well, what's a denarius worth? A denarius was equal to a day's wage. Therefore, 200 denarii would represent over a half a year of wages. Later, we find out that there were about 5,000 men, not including women and children. This means there may have been 10 to 20,000 people to feed with the money they had. In the natural, it was an impossible situation. And it's always a challenge for us to walk by faith and not by sight. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. But if Jesus is with us, nothing is impossible with God. The second point is that Andrew fails the test. Then Andrew, Peter's brother, also fails the test when he speaks unbelief in John 6, 8. And he says, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But here's the point I want to make. Then he says, but what are they among so many? See, Andrew expressed doubt, which is the enemy of faith. All he could see were five loaves, two fish. Quickly forgetting what Jesus had done at the wedding at Cana with the centurion's son and the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. In the Gospel of Mark, there's a great story that Jesus used to teach his disciples and us about doubt and faith. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem where he encountered a fig tree with no fruit on it. 
When he saw the barren tree, he said, within the hearing of his disciples, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Later, when they passed the tree again, it was withered and dead. Listen to what Jesus said to Mark in, in Mark 11, beginning in verse 22. So Jesus answered them, apparently they, they wondered at this withered tree, and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, Jesus is saying this, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Clearly, belief or faith cannot coexist with doubt and unbelief. The lesson for us is to combat, combat doubt and unbelief, which, is, which the devil will use to weaken our faith. We need to learn how to rebuke the doubt and unbelief and walk in faith in the one who saved us and delivered us from darkness and placed us in his glorious light. Now the stage is set for another miracle, beginning in John chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in numbers about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves and he distributed them to the disciples. And that's an important point. He didn't feed the people directly. He gave it to his disciples. And the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. They ate, they ate, they ate. listen, these were hungry people. 5,000 hungry people. And yet, the miracle was that all of them were fed as much as they wanted. You see, Jesus is the Lord of abundance. There's no shortage in heaven or supply chain issues. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, the Holy Spirit, to him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We often try to figure out how God will do something instead of simply trusting and believing that if God is for us, then who can be against us? That's Romans 8.31. An important detail to note is that Jesus did not distribute the food. Jesus provided the food to the disciples, and the disciples are the ones who provided the food to the people. This is true of our outreach to families, to friends, and our communities. The Lord has given all believers the ministry of reconciliation. That is, to provide an atmosphere where the gospel may be presented and received. You see, there's a time to pray, and then there's a time to act. If Jesus is to be our example, then we need to get the mind of God and, and go forth, as it says in Mark 16, the, 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 the uh, Great Commission, beginning in verse 15. And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, Jesus' name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. 
They will take up serpents, and if, if, and, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. You see, we reach the loss through our words and deeds. In particular, Holy Spirit-anointed words and supernatural deeds. There's no lack in the kingdom of God on earth. John 6, 12 says, So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, and they filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Can you imagine? They started with five loaves of bread and two fishes, and they ended up with twelve baskets full you know, one basket for each disciple that served. As I said earlier, there's no lack of abundance through the Lord. As believers, we hold the keys to the kingdom, as it says in Matthew 16:10. Jesus said, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This important saying of Jesus is to remind us that whatever is allowed in heaven, we can speak and bring onto the earth. And whatever is not allowed in heaven was not allowed here in the kingdom that's on earth. This should help us to know what we should be praying for and what we should be praying against. There's no sickness, disease, bondage, condemnation, or evil in heaven. And because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and the Holy Spirit living in us, we have the authority and the power to establish His kingdom on this earth. Finally, let's take a look at the purpose of the feeding of the 5,000. We sort of see that in verse 14. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, the feeding of the 5,000, said, This is truly the prophet who has come into the world. To many of the Jewish people, who the miracle was evidence that Jesus was the Messiah who was prophesied in the Old Testament. These words and deeds of Jesus stirred up hope to a people who were downtrodden and without hope under Roman rule. They heard a message and they saw a man who gave them hope. And, and for many, that hope became faith and that faith led people to make a decision to follow Jesus. The same thing is true for us today. Our responsibility as Christians is to know Jesus and make him known. Each one of us have been given different talents and abilities, as well as, well as a circle of influence or a group of people that we, can, we have some influence with. And there, 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 there are people that others may not be able to reach, but you can. Just as there are people who you can't reach, but hopefully other Christians can. You see, we're all in this together, serving the same Lord and Savior. Your testimony of how and why you came to Christ may be the inspiration that others need in your sphere of influence that others might make a decision for Jesus. And finally, remember, the disciples are the ones who passed out the bread and fishes Jesus gave them. But all the glory goes to our Jesus. You see, it's not about you. It's about Him. God bless you. 
just pray that this message uh, speaks to you and encourages you and inspires you. You are God's vessel. He wants to work in you, but he also wants to work through you. Heavenly Father, now I just speak a blessing upon every hearer. Lord, that you would just, uh, uh, for, for those that are struggling with, with foods, those that are struggling with hunger, Father God, right now, just make a way for them. Lord, just, just make, you, you are the God of provision. There is an abundance in heaven. And Lord, you just bring that abundance into the lives of people who are struggling with getting food for today. Lord, we ask you to just bless every listener. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you the next time.